Hello and welcome to Ordinary Lives Takeaways from a Pandemic, the podcast. I am here with my friend Paula. Hi, Paula. Hello. Paula is one of my oldest friends and today I'm doing an indoors recording for the first time. We are in her house um, and hopefully she is going to tell us some things about her life during the pandemic and what changes she may have made. So Paula, what have you been up to during this time? Um, so uh, a couple of different things. So I had a baby during the pandemic. So <laughs> cash. Uh, yeah. So that was quite a big thing. So I was entering my third trimester towards the end of March when uh, the government advice came out about uh, pregnant women being in a high risk category, mm-hmm. and that affected my work. So I had to work from home, which was a new way of working for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously having a baby and being in the later stages of pregnancy during that time uh, was a little bit of a challenge to a certain extent. Um, And obviously you've got all the challenges of having a baby as well that go alongside that. So that's the main thing I've been up to. So would you mind talking a bit more about those challenges and how you kind of navigated the work from home situation with having a family and working from home? Yeah, so my work were very supportive. Um, I worked for the NHS and it took a little while to get the technology sorted, um, which I think is a common story for lots of people. But once it was sorted, I was able to work from home doing telephone calls. So I was able to do a lot of my job and develop some new skills as well. So is that extra training that you were given or do you mean just in terms of using that new technology, they were the kind of extra skills that you were gaining? Um, so it, so not necessarily the technology, but for me, um, so my job involves um, talking to patients mm-hmm. and normally I do that face to face. So you get a lot of information from that. So you talking to someone on the phone is very different. So yeah. a, as an example, um, if someone phones up and they say, oh, I've got a problem with my knee they might just leave it like that. And if you see them face to face, you know, often they'll point to which knee or you can see whether they're limping or not. Mm-hmm. Whereas on the phone, you, you sometimes there's just a bit of silence and then you have to develop a way of asking questions like which knee is it to mm-hmm. start with and really going back to basics, but also trying to make people feel safe when you're just talking to somebody on the phone, mm-hmm. like a medical professional, I think people are used to being face-to-face. And sometimes that's completely appropriate, but sometimes phone uh, can be just as useful, but it's making sure people are safe and that they feel cared for and that you're being safe as well. So it's developing those skills that I had only used a little bit. So suddenly from seeing a full clinic of face-to-face patients, I'm seeing a whole load of people on the phone And although the recording system was the same and I could still access all the notes, it was just how I went about talking to patients, but also asking for help if I needed to for my colleagues as well, Mm because you can't just go into the room next door. So that's been a bit different. And um, as a group, the practice had to develop what it was doing and what it was offering. And we did have uh, to adapt to different staff members. So there were some that were shielding. I obviously was off for the pregnancy reason. And then there were some restrictions in what other people could do. So it wasn't necessarily even just a case of talking to someone on the phone and being like, I'll book you in for this. You had to make sure it was still running and it was safe for both the patient and the staff member to do it. So that was an added 
thing to think about. I think it's really interesting the distinction you made there between the practical considerations. So, for example, the things that you take for granted, like, oh, I can't see which leg hurts or um, I can't see if you're limping. But then also that psychological or emotional um, side of it. And you probably have a whole set of terminology that I don't have access to for that. Um, But I think that's really interesting. And it kind of picks up on things that we probably take for granted normally. Um, so how did you navigate the situation? Was it easy again? Was there, did that component come in when you were relating to colleagues as well? So for example, did you find you had to kind of develop new communication techniques with colleagues that you weren't seeing face to face or was that not really an issue? Um, a little bit, I'd say, and it is hard having a conversation on the phone with somebody. If I was debriefing my patient list, normally I'd go into a room and have a chat with them and maybe over a cup of tea and you can talk about anything that I found challenging. I've got that opportunity, whereas on the phone, it does feel a little bit less personal and in some ways a little bit more rushed and kind of harder to give people the flavour of something. So Mm -hmm. if you have a a conversation with somebody for 10, 15 minutes, you can kind of understand their problem in a way that doesn't completely uh, get written down. I think when you make the notes, um, you can kind of summarise things, so get all the key information there. But some of the minutiae gets a little bit lost. Mm -hmm. And then when you just talk to someone on the phone, I think it gets a little bit lost again. And that's not necessarily the end of the world for a straightforward problem, but for challenging patients that I've seen sometimes it just takes a bit longer to explain and you do lose a little bit I think just by debriefing on the phone and the person who debriefed me most often was actually shielding at home and Mm -hmm. in some ways it was quite nice that nine times out of ten it was him and he was in a similar situation so being that we're both working from home having a chat on the phone we did sort of chat a little bit not just about work but kind of how are you how's your day Mm -hmm. and that was quite nice to make it feel like it wasn't just another thing that someone else had to do to have a 10 minute chat with me on the phone it was someone who actually wanted to talk to me and to keep that relationship between colleagues going which was quite nice. So do you think in a way that's almost been an advantage the fact that you were working from home because it's almost brought you closer in a way is that are they conversations and extra time that wouldn't have been spent if you had been in the the office or you know I think I would normally do that though like most people um you would have a little chat with that we work in separate rooms so when you go in in the morning you say hello to reception and you go into your room Mm -hmm. so I wouldn't necessarily have seen them earlier and we don't have shared lunch times or anything like that most Mm -hmm. of the time so actually that's the time you see people in between sessions and it's very common for all the colleagues to go into people's rooms and say hi how are you and obviously some of the questions are work related you know like have you done this or can you take a look at that Mm -hmm. um but a lot of it is uh kind of personal friendship type relationship and I would often go into people's rooms um just to kind of touch base and just say hi you know and I knew all my colleagues quite well and you do know a little bit about their personal lives you know sometimes it's nice to say how was your holiday or you know reference something else that's been happening in their lives. So in terms of the changes from the work from home situation it was more just in terms of your job and the kind of new challenges that that sort of posed again not being faced with patients that was where the real challenge lay. Um, I I think so, that I had to develop a new set of skills quite quickly. Mm-hmm. 
And another thing that was challenging was um, not really having the guidance or the supervision for that initially. And I didn't Mm -hmm. feel like it was unsafe or inappropriate, but I think everyone was trying to adapt to this new way of working very quickly, just not just in healthcare, but, you know, across the board. All these people were suddenly being asked to work from home who haven't done it before necessarily, who haven't got to grips with the technology. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think for me, just making sure that I was uh, consulting in the same way and trying to be safe without someone having watched me a couple of times just felt a little bit unsettling. So I'm still doing a bit of training and it's just nice to get feedback. And I think whenever you do anything new, whatever it is, it's nice to have someone there to give you a little bit of feedback. So I'd say it took me a little while to get to grips with it. And some days, it, I think it was more of a challenge going to work and just sitting in front of a screen when you're used to seeing patients. And just talking to people on the phone is not the same. So I really found towards the end of that, so I, I was working from home for kind of three or four months, towards the end of that period, I was getting a little bit fed up of just doing what seemed like endless phone calls. But then I guess that's... Um, Uh, you know one of the things about working from home or doing a more office-based job that you don't have that kind of patient contact that I was used to and when you say about developing those new skills did you felt feel that you had colleagues who you could talk to who were feeling the same thing you were feeling we're also you know in the same situation we're kind of developing these new skills did you feel you could oh yeah yeah definitely yeah yeah it was definitely a new way of working that 90% of what we would do would be face to face and then suddenly 90% of what we do is on the telephone Um, so I think everyone was feeling that to a certain extent and some people had more experience with it you know some people who've been working the job for 40 or 50 years obviously have a more advanced skill set but there were lots of people either in my sort of position or maybe a year or two senior to me who felt that um, we're having to learn all these skills very quickly and also with um, the whole uh, coronavirus situation you'd often get people phoning up being quite anxious about it mm-hmm. and the only information we could give them was the information that was freely available you know on the government website and other mm-hmm. sources so sometimes people would contact us and ask for you know, a swab for example and then all you can do is direct them to the government website and to 111 and you've only got access to that same information that they do, but sometimes they're asking you for reassurance you can't give them or questions you can't answer. You know, they say, look, I've been poorly for two weeks. When am I going to start to feel better? And you can't necessarily tell them. And the evidence base wasn't, um, you know, necessarily what it is now. And even now it's still evolving Mm -hmm. and we're still learning about what's happening. So that was a bit of a challenge, dealing with people's anxiety over the phone when all the information I have is very limited and they've got access to it anyway. And a lot of people had read it and still had questions. So they phoned us up and all you can do is direct them back to those sources which aren't answering those questions. Okay. Thank you so much. This is really interesting. Um, First of all, for being so honest about, you know, it was very much a journey for you um, in the same way that, I mean, you're obviously doing a very specialist job, um, but I think you're right in identifying the fact that it was a new normal for everyone and everyone's kind of been learning through this experience, but obviously because you're doing something very specific um, and you've already said so much about how that's been for you. Um, I think it's really, really interesting to hear and especially yourself, like you say, you're kind of developing as a as a practitioner as well, whereas there's other people who have got more experience. So even for you to bring that to the table, I think that's 
it's really interesting looking at people's different perspectives and how they might be coming at it from different angles. Um, is there anything in terms of the working from home, a practical level, level and also as a mother that you'd be interested in sharing or happy to share with us? That's been, is there anything that you had to navigate that was particularly difficult or challenging for you? Well, it's, it's difficult in some ways having um, a boundary that I've got a toddler as well. So we are quite fortunate that we've got a spare room that we turned into the office upstairs. So the commute was definitely a lot better to just go up the stairs and be at work. Um, <laughs> and it meant that I could come downstairs at lunchtime at the end of the, end of the day. And then I was able to you know, play with my daughter and not have to think about the time and the commute and the traffic and that kind of thing Mm -hmm. but I I think it was quite challenging separating work from home sometimes that I could sometimes hear her crying or if I came down to make a cup of tea and she'd come up and give me a cuddle and think that I was down to play and that's quite difficult to then say no I've got to go up and work again Mm -hmm. so that is a bit of a challenge just trying to separate that and working from home and being at home a lot uh, was a a bit of a, a different thing as well for all of us so mm. we we made the decision to take the toddler out of nursery because of the risk of the pregnancy and we were trying not to go out and do food shops and things if we could avoid it and getting some deliveries which we were fortunate enough to be able to get um from local shops so rather than being out of the house most of the day um myself my husband and my my child were all in the house kind of all together all the time Mm -hmm. which was obviously a bit of a challenge um in and of itself you know entertaining a toddler but also with the um you know my relationship my husband's you know it's nice to have a little bit of personal space sometimes much as I love him (laughs) and I think everyone would say that you know whenever you live with anyone it can be a bit much to be together 24 7 plus the having that um probable like lack of boundary I suppose between work I was quite good at shutting the door at the end of the day and trying not to think about it but the fact that you see that room there and you associate it with work all the time and it's in your house is a new thing and and that can be a little bit of a challenge to try and find that distance there yeah and I think that's something that's come up in other conversations that I've had not necessarily through this podcast but friends saying oh you know I, I work in my living room but that's normally my living room you know that's normally the space where I do just relax and switch off and like what, what you're saying there about associating that particular room with work now and not necessarily having that space to relax but I'd imagine that when you've got a small child in the house as well that kind of adds a whole other component to that and being able to kind of switch off from that mother role when your child is so present um, but you're still working I would imagine it could be extremely challenging. Yeah um, I mean I was quite fortunate to a certain extent that other than you know occasional interruptions she didn't kind of come into the room or make that much noise so there was that I think as a parent, it's very hard to switch off anyway. Even when she's at nursery, you do sometimes think, oh, I wonder what she's up to, or she'd been a bit poorly the day before. You just think, oh, I wonder if she's okay, etc. Um, and I think it's very hard to separate those roles anyway. Okay. Um, but yeah, I suppose being at home, to a certain extent, you do kind of feel more in the parent role than in the work role. Uh, I, it's interesting, I've not really thought about it. So is, yeah, that might be something that you're probably still processing or? Um, yeah, possibly. Okay. Think about we could, it a bit more. Let's come back <laughs> to this later. <laughs> um, is there anything that, 
Um, I mean, it sounds like the biggest challenge, which I guess was kind of imposed by the restrictions and by what was being what was happening around the virus. But it seems like the biggest change was probably working from home for you. Um, so is there anything during this period that you feel like you've kind of learned? Has there any been kind of been any kind of takeaway or any lesson from this period that that you're you've kind of reflected on? Or do you feel like you just had no time to do that? Um, I, well, I've, I have had some reflections. So from work and a work perspective, it's made me realise that um, flexibility um, is quite important and innovation as well. So um, the NHSIT is quite clunky. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think across the country, people were trying to uh, find ways of making it work for them. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I would do things like open if someone had sent me a document I would open it kind of a couple of minutes before the call to make sure that everything was kind of as it should be mm-hmm. and I, I used to log on a little bit earlier than my, my work start time to make sure everything was up and running and that has all been fed back so I think that's um something that's being and well attempted to be improved on um by uh yeah well not only locally but also on a more mm-hmm. national level um but um I've just lost my train of thought now uh um it was the lesson what's kind of been your lesson or what have you reflected on in a major way yeah so personally um I think we've become more appreciative of sort of the small things which I'm sure other people have said Mm so sort of April time when you're only allowed to leave the house once a day and, and only for certain reasons we try to go out for a walk as a family and we try to go to parks and other places like green spaces and Mm -hmm. look at the nature and just find things to entertain my toddler and actually she became really excited about looking for snails and you know normally you think gosh how can I possibly go for a half an hour walk and just go finding snails you know around the roads in which we live in but actually we do things like that and she would get very happy and you'd notice things like you know the flowers growing um, and we've got a field quite close to us that grew lots of daisies and she learned how to make a daisy chain and things like that um, became quite special moments Mm -hmm. actually I mean what else are you going to do when you're in the house for 23 hours a day so all those small things and being able to walk in the same sort of places and seeing how it changed I think was something that we took away and also trying to get food and the use of more local shops as opposed to bigger supermarkets um that I think a lot of people are probably guilty of going for what's easy and I certainly am as well but we really struggled to get any food delivered because I wasn't officially shielding so pregnancy was more of a higher risk category Mm -hmm. and understandably all of the slots for uh, supermarket deliveries had gone to shielding customers and um, people who are probably slightly more organized than we were so we managed to get a butcher and a greengrocer and other little shops to come and deliver to us. Oh, that's brilliant. Yeah, I didn't want to go to the shop. And my husband was quite concerned about me going and he didn't really want to go either if he could avoid it. But you still got to have food. Mm-hmm. So it did mean that we were more aware of the local shops and what they offer. And the fact that buying local and supporting somewhere can be quite important. And, you know, not always um, the easiest thing to do. And, uh, you know, big supermarkets have their role for sure, but it kind of opened our eyes to the independent shops we've got very close to us. Mm-hmm. And the fact that they were able to do things that bigger supermarkets couldn't, 
and um, we'll definitely continue to use them and when you say do other things that bigger supermarkets weren't able to in terms of doing those local deliveries yeah, is that what you mean yeah so like the green grocery could deliver within 24 hours mm-hmm. i just email them across my list and they'd be like yep whereas supermarkets if you went there you know, I, I went to the supermarket at the very end of March and all of the freshened stuff was out, you know, the shelves were bare, yeah. they hadn't got any stock and I'm sure lots of people were like that, you know, when there was um, that yeah, It's really strange even just reflecting back on that because it seems mm. like so long ago and it feels like so much has happened because mm. it has been such a strange time. But yeah, I think we'd maybe forgotten a bit about that period where everyone was going crazy for toilet roll and the supermarkets were mm. quite bare. Yeah, and I, w- I went to go and do my normal shop. So we uh, normally shop in the evening having a child. So I went on a Friday evening and I think it all kind of kicked off the Wednesday, Thursday. Uh, and I just assumed that everyone was going to be sensible and just buy their normal stuff or maybe an extra jar or something. And I went to our local supermarket like, you know, eight o'clock on the Friday night. And um, I was really, really surprised that all the, f- all the fresh stuff was completely gone all the meat was completely gone the frozen aisle had barely anything Mm -hmm. and the only aisle that I found that was actually well stocked was the baby aisle which was quite (laughs) fortunate because I could stock up on finger foods um for my daughter but everything else was more or less gone so I just had to buy a kind of random collection of food and try and cobble together meals for a week but it did create a bit of anxiety about you know what are we going to do if it is like this next week, mm. you know, and that, you know, where are we going to go? This is the supermarket nearest us. So was, was that food. before you became aware of the local stores yeah. for doing yeah, um, so the I deliveries? Started, started looking around and found um, a local group on Facebook supporting local shops. And they were actually detailing what shops there were and what things they were offering and where mm-hmm. they deliver. And, in the next village along from us, there is um, a whole load of independent shops. There's a greengrocer, there's a butcher. Um, they've got um, lots of other people. There was like the post office would come and do some bits. There's a card shop, you know, so you could get most things that you needed there. Um, and they were detailing, you know, send us your order and we'll, we'll get you X, Y and Z within this time frame. And not just um, in that village, but kind of more around the city as well that there were more things that you could have, you know, if you wanted something in particular. And it made me realise that actually there is a lot of um, variety and option out there for getting food and just going to the supermarket, which is obviously what everyone did, Mm -hmm. and led to that complete scramble. And it also made me um, kind of uh, think that, yes, I'm only going to buy the food I need for a week. So I think if everyone had done that, it wouldn't have been a problem. But as soon as a couple of people start bulk buying, everyone else panics, don't they? And we did have a little bit of anxiety. I did think, gosh, if I find a like stockpile of loo roll, maybe I should buy more than I need. Yeah. But then I thought, well, no, because that means the person behind me is not going to have any and that's not going to help the situation. Yeah. And actually now the everything's fine, isn't it? It wasn't that long that the, the shops didn't have very much, probably less than a week, I would have thought. But we did have... Um, a little panic moment that we're going to run out of nappies which is probably the worst thing to run out of because food (laughs) you know if you haven't got one particular ingredient you can make do and we did have a few bits in the freezer and you know the odd jar of pasta sauce in the cupboards and things like that but that was the biggest concern actually and um we were fortunate enough to find some in a corner shop but we did have to go into a few different shops to try and find something as simple as that yeah it does make me appreciate it now actually when uh i know that the I can get the things that I need quite easily. 
Yeah. And I think it's interesting, you know, you mentioned that anxiety and I think that was something that, I mean, personally, I almost felt like when you went into shops, it did definitely feel like there was an atmosphere and there were people who were just kind of very much in the moment, like panicking and grabbing things. And yeah, there was a real feeling, um, almost a fear um, in the shops. And it was a very strange time, but you're right. I think it didn't last too long. Um, is there anything from this time that um, you think will change the way you look at things in the future or is there anything that's kind of changed in terms of the way you do look at things because of having gone through this period? Yeah, I think um, I'm more grateful for our family relationships, definitely. Mm. Um, we're very lucky that our extended family live very close and we were able to stay in contact through Zoom mm -hmm. uh, before we could actually meet face-to-face. -face. And when we did see both sets of our parents it was very strange having not seen them face to face for a few months mm -hmm. and I can only um, appreciate that people who live further away would have had to go longer between seeing them and we've got very close relationships and I think this has made me appreciate that more and actually being able to see them although what's difficult is you still can't give people a, a hug and yeah. have that kind of contact I think that has really made me appreciate that we can see them very easily and have them um, involved in our lives in a way that, you know, a Zoom call isn't the same, especially with young children. I think not being able to see grandparents face to face had a little bit of an impact on my toddler. And she was very shy when we did reintroduce grandparents. Oh, bit, really? Yeah. So it was probably maybe three months that she'd only seen them on the TV. And you don't know how much she understands. We were saying you know, they can't come to our house. Lots of people are poorly. The mm -hmm. nursery's shut. To try and explain this very different way of living for her. Mm -hmm. And when she could actually see the grandparents for the first time, like in the open air, we went to a field near us. So there was lots of space. Um, she was very reluctant to kind of go anywhere away from us, really. And very, very shy. Even when we when we'd seen them a few times and going to other people's houses, it's taken her a long time to build that confidence back up. Yeah, and I think I remember, um, I think one of my flatmates at some point said, or oh, she kind of felt, she's a teacher and she felt really sorry for the kids. Um, and I know at one point me and my sister and her boyfriend were stood outside my flat and this kid just looked out his window and waved at us. Mm. Uh, and I think, yeah, when the kids are that young and they don't quite understand, I mean, I don't know if you had any particular way of explaining it to her or any kind of approach to that. Um, but I guess that's just another challenge in itself when the kids are young and they don't yeah they don't quite understand and then maybe if they're I mean I don't know in the case of your daughter but maybe if they're used to being around lots of other kids all the time again it's another kind of challenging component mm. and she really did miss nursery definitely and I think we had a bit of guilt kind of taking her out because she's missing those educational opportunities and those social opportunities. Mm -hmm. But also because she didn't see other kids for three months, um, which is a real change. But you've got to balance that with any potential risks. And a big factor was the fact that I was so pregnant and nobody really knew uh, how the virus mm -hmm. could affect pregnancy and the potential risk of her going to nursery and being with other key worker children or, you know, even just being out and about, you know, because you could just as easily catch something from the supermarket. Um, so we felt that the risk 
benefit was kind of in the favour of taking her out of the nursery. But yeah, it was really difficult for her and it took her a while to adjust, definitely. And she's only just started to go back to nursery now, actually. And you, you just hope that long term is not going to have any lasting effects and kids are very resilient. Yeah. But certainly I think having been with kids kind of all day, every day to just being in a house with us to then being with kids again is a bit of a jump that we take a little time to adjust. And I think it's probably a, a, in some ways a worse challenge having school age children because they can understand a bit more and they need a bit more entertaining. So I think that's going to be a challenge to come when we see what happens when the schools go back in September. Well, I think, yeah, I mean, again, thank you for being really honest about kind of taking that decision to take her out and I think yeah you're right there was so much there was such an information gap such a knowledge gap and still like none of us really know um that well there's so many things that we don't know and there's so much uncertainty going on um so yeah it's interesting to hear that you chose to make that decision based on that little knowledge and and why you did that and why that was best for your family um and also really positive to hear about kind of reaffirmation of relationships with the family and how they felt solid and you feel like you're more grateful for them I think also reconnecting with nature that was something that's come up Mm. quite a few times and also I'm a real big fan of educating kids through nature so I feel like that's that's quite a nice idea my other question or a question that I've been asking has been have you had any kind of takeaway food during the pandemic that you've been eating but I feel like it's not maybe as appropriate for you but was there anything you mentioned about kind of scrambling together meals and having to make do a bit was there anything was there any strategy that you had there or was there any meal that was working particularly well during that time when you were having to make do um well we normally rely on pasta actually we did have a bag of pasta in the cupboard which I think is the classic (laughs) staple Uh, but my husband and I have quite different diets anyway that I'm vegetarian um, and he eats a lot of meat and not very many vegetables so uh, that's always a little bit of a challenge Um, that I just found that I had to meal plan a lot Mm -hmm. more rather than going into the shop and um, just buying whatever I felt that I wanted um, I had to kind of plan, you know, seven or eight days worth of meals and then order kind of those specific things. We didn't really get takeaway food that much, um, but we are pizza fans. So <laughs> we did get um, takeaway pizza once or twice. But a lot of the time, I think we just cook. We only have a repertoire of probably about 10 dishes that we uh, reuse. And they're all very common things. I was fortunate enough that I was most of the time able to get most of the ingredients for things. So I I think after that first sort of week or so, when things had settled down and we'd worked out how we were going to get our food, we felt a little bit better and a bit more reassured and actually it wasn't that much of an impact on us and in some ways um it was probably better that i think the quality of food you get from smaller shops is different to supermarkets and certainly the shops we've used we've both been quite impressed with the quality so is that shopping shopping locally idea is that something that you want to carry on with as well definitely yeah Mm. and um i'm guilty i'm sure as much as the next person of getting food delivered especially as um you know, just got a new baby in the house and it is very easy to go to the supermarket but it has really shown me that those small local shops can cater for you um, and turn orders around very quickly and have just a different variety of things as well and you know different things on offer and it is something we would like to continue doing um not necessarily every single week but certainly every so often going and supporting them you just wonder 
if they hadn't been there, if no one uses those local shops and they hadn't been there, what would we have done? You know, the supermarkets didn't have any food. Mm. And, uh, you know, we're not by any means the only people who can get enough food from the supermarkets. Um, And now the supermarkets have got food again. I know it's so easy to go back, but I think it's so important to try and keep those shops open. Because if if in the future something similar happens, you know, touch wood, it won't. If those shops aren't there, what are we going to do? Yeah, I think you're right. Be hungry. (laughs) Just eat pizza takeaway. Paula, thank you so much um, for giving so much of your time and also telling so many things so honestly about your life in terms of the work from home situation, particularly given the job that you do um, and also your family life. You know, I think the way you've kind of constructed routine in general anyway, you know, I'm not someone with a family. So it's something that I can't relate to hugely well. Um, But I certainly have a lot of respect for the way you do that. And I think that it was really interesting to hear the different challenges that the pandemic period brought up in terms of ways that you had to change your routine or different things that you had to do. Um, And having done it in a very conscious way, you know, conscious of your family, conscious of their time um, and conscious of how you were all going to relate to each other and gel together as individuals. I think it was really interesting. So thank you so much for doing this. Yeah, my pleasure. Bye.